last beginning. Is it recording? Uh, no. Uh, thank God. <laughs> and last, uh, Lord. Oh my gosh. That thing is a lifesaver, honestly. How much is it? Uh, it was like 100 bucks on Amazon. I mean, you can use that one. Okay. Don't keep it in your room. <laughs> okay. Or if you do, clean it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I told Mitch we were going to start by going over the house rules. Since okay, he's gonna let's here. totally do that. I appreciate the... Uh, Number one. Don't, um, don't be a bitch. Don't. Um, well, what do you think? What am I? The, what am I the most anal about, Jeremy? Dishes. Yeah. I, dishes. I already told Mitch about that. But I yeah. love doing dishes. You do? Oh, I can't. Don't have... say that. No, I love them. That's a self-sabotaging thing to say. No, I yeah. love doing them. They're like, it's not even like a chore. It's like something that's, do, do you ever like get comfort or relaxation out of cleaning? Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, like dishes. Jeremy's like, what's that? <laughs> See, I I feel good when I'm doing dishes. It's like almost a hobby. You can have the big room, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's... I don't know why I'm wearing these. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, but I don't know. I think it's like a... I don't know if it's like my ADD like freaks out if there's clutter. Oh, sure. Like if there's too many things to um, perceive... I get like stressed, like tense. Yeah. Oh. And so I like things to be organized, but I'm also constantly in a state of like disorganization, cleaning and disorganized. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'll clean on like a Sunday oftentimes. And then by like Wednesday, it's just like, yeah. Back to what it was. Do you have ADHD? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah. But like, I, I also am a Sunday cleaner. Yeah. It's like Sunday is normally the day where you usually have nothing going on. You don't, not seeing people, boom, clean day. Yeah. Just spend like two to three hours cleaning the house. Yeah. Well, I'm going about to, as soon as we're done with this, football is going on the television. And we'll be, just be cleaning, watching football. Yeah. Harassing the cats. You know. But yeah, there's really not many rules. I, the only thing I will say, Mitch, listeners, if you ever end up living in my house, is... Just, you know, pretend that you live here, even if you do. I mean, like, treat it like it's your house, too. You know, that's all. Well, isn't it? If I'm living here, it is my house. I'm, you can say that. Like, if I am talking to someone, I'm like, I'm going to go back home. You can say that. Yeah. You don't have to say it to Brian's house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do that. Oh, my gosh. Imagine if you said that we couldn't say it was. Oh, home. that'd be hilarious. Imagine like full on dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on the the dick part of that. Yeah, hey, Kim Jong un just banned leather jackets, so you guys can still wear whatever you want. Okay, like cool. North Korea just straight up banned leather right. jackets. I yeah. mean, it doesn't surprise me for <laughs> many reasons. Granted the psychopath that is the leader there, but I think we Shout should try to, to be sensitive to other cultures and not necessarily make assumptions about Shout out to the leader of North Korea. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure at least one of them is... I don't well, know, actually, they, probably not, dude. Do they even have Spotify? I fucking don't know. I, no, I, they don't have anything. 
I mean, yeah. they don't have, have a, food. They, they absolutely don't have food, but they do have internet, but only like the, uh, the people in power have internet. Yeah. That's pretty dope. That just means you should work harder. Have you guys, uh, I'm just joking. Have you heard way. of the, uh, oh, she was on, she just put out a book. She went to, I think it was Columbia University. Um, what's her name? Taylor Swift. No. Taylor Swift. She she was from North Korea. Doja Cat. No, this is this is serious. Uh, oh, I cannot believe I can't. Megan the Stallion. We have phones, you know. Um, it's okay. Anyways, like she she, she wrote a book. a book and basically described her experience in North Korea and how she escaped and, and oh, it's actually fuck. it's actually really interesting. And yeah. Yeah. That sounds like I'm gonna I'm gonna get my phone and I'm just trying to find out what this was. I've, uh, I've, I've definitely watched some uh, like mini docs or like full docs about North Korea before, and it's just so like I don't know. It it's hard to perceive that that's Yan reality. Me Park. Yan Me Park. I, I like- thought Squid Game was just a documentary. I was like, is this just what North Korea is? Oh, no. I I just learned what Squid Game was, like, the other week. Because I don't, I don't have um, streaming services. Mm. Welcome and, to my house. Now you do. Well, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a closet nerd, and I'm just going to play fun. You're not a closet nerd. You're just a nerd, dude. Well, I mean, like... We're all just nerds. It's fine. I mean it like I just stay in a closet. Oh. <laughs> I just... Not a closeted, closeted nerd. Just yeah, like a nerd I am in just a closet. Always on my laptop playing like Final Fantasy fourteen or something. Yeah, yeah. Never having a social life. Who That's needs good. that anymore? You That's know, good. we're still in, we're still in a pandemic. Can't go out and, you know. Yeah, well, you know. ask the people if we're still in a pandemic. Yeah. Ask ask the people at Walmart on Ecourse Road <laughs> or on Telegraph Road on Black Friday. Yeah, if we're still in a pandemic, oh or not. Gosh. ask the people at the Michigan game, dude. Oh, that was a super spreader <laughs> event. That was one of my favorite super spreader <laughs> events. Though. That was fucking so good. I had to help my sister on Black Friday go to Best Buy and pick up a TV, and I couldn't believe the amount of people just not giving a fuck. But dog it's been like that for months and months now i mean probably years yeah almost at this point yeah because coming next month we're at uh the big twos 2.0 what do you mean like, like two years two full years yeah two four years because covid19 baby that's fucking crazy yeah oh yeah it wasn't covid19 you ever see those videos of like that crazy pastor i can't remember what his name was what he all was, right like, let me find Spanish. out his name yeah. COVID nineteen. Was he, he the like one who like on it? It blows it away. Yeah, he blew the yeah. virus. Like, yeah. God, that guy. That guy is terrifying, dude. I um. Uh... Oh God. I just wanted to turn it off. Sorry. There's a there's a switch on the bottom. Kenneth oh, Copeland. Out. Kenneth Copeland. Oh, dude. Yeah, that guy's fucking insane. I mean, I he sounds like he sounds like that famous musician. Uh, Kenneth something. Kenneth, uh... Isn't Copeland a musician? Like Copeland a, is. Like a yeah. band? Yeah, but they're kind of boring. Wow, dude. They're kind of boring. I don't think... I think Eric I've listened to them, and I think I like them. them. I mean, okay. they sound nice, but... Aren't they, know. like, acoustic, like, chill? They're kind of chill, indie rock yeah. type thing. I, one of my friends loves Copeland, and so I always... 
kind of troll them and just say they're boring. Is that uh, the is that the full band name, Copeland? Yeah. Man, I'm so out of the know now. Dude, I mean, they've been... They're not even really like a band anymore. Oh, good. Or maybe, if, maybe they are, but they are, their heyday was like... When I was in high school, yeah. I feel like... They had an album called You Are My Sunshine, which is just, you are my just adorable, sunshine. you know? I feel sad just hearing that yeah i know what you mean yeah i know what you mean dude so i mean you guys wanted to come on this podcast what, what's what's the deal you know run the show what do you want to talk about i'm just joking i know what you want to talk about we want to talk about how you have a thousand streams on your song thanks to the religious community and that's actually pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're putting out an album uh i don't know when we're releasing this podcast Probably the day after. After you clean the bathroom. Okay. No, I can put it out whenever you want. I mean, I could come in and do that just to speed up the process since I'm about to be a tenant. You do like cleaning. Cause you, you do. On the record, yeah. you said that. But yeah. yeah, we're putting out an album. It's called Gomnia, uh, Volume 1. And then, uh, yeah, we can talk about that if you want. I don't want to, but it's your podcast. It's your episode. I'm just joking. Uh Actually, Jeez. I'm fucking with you, dude. I think um, I think it's good uh, to haze the guests to mm. see if they can handle it, and then um, I can't handle it. No, I sure can because my whole life has been one hazing session. Really? Yeah. Is that you, why you're like a closet nerd now? No, so just like a. I'm like, just uh, feel I safe in there I'm in your better, little Potter closet. Better word is a uh, uh, a hermit. Hermit. Yeah. Like the like a crab. Yeah. Yeah. Never leaving his shell because of the horrors of the world. Talk about those uh cinnamon rolls. They're stuck together. They're stuck together they're and delicious. they're like drenched in yeah. sugar. Yeah. Like very very rich so if I have cinnamon one, rolls. Yeah. If I have one it's gonna make me pre diabetic. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah go that's for it. like Pre-diabetes is just the state of ingesting one of those cinnamon rolls. You are now... Congratulations. You are now pre-diabetic. <laughs> um, no, you are... You were, I remember uh, you telling me about the record when we were driving back from hockey one time. Oh, yeah. For people listening, Jeremy and I live together. That's why I'm being more of a dick on this episode. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you were telling me about it, and I was like, dude, where do you have time to think about all this shit? But... It was also the middle of, you know, the pandemic or I don't know how long you've been like kind of crafting the storyline stuff, but maybe you should just like kind of lay out the, the landscape of like what this whole concept thing is. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I think that when I was telling you about that, that was in what? 2020. Yeah. Like maybe last winter, last winter. Um, that, what are, what did I tell you? Did I tell you it was called About, Gomnia or did I tell you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the name actually comes from a different thing that I was doing called Gomni. And I found out online that there's already this thing called Gomni. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to add an A to it. And conveniently, Gomnia sounds a lot like insomnia. insomnia. Yeah. And yeah. Like that wasn't a planned thing. That just happened. And huh. uh for those who don't know, this the this album is revolved around uh sleeping and like going and dreaming and uh 
and insomnia is the inability to do that. Yeah, yeah. And or no, that's uh, you just do that like out of nowhere. No, no insomnia is when you're like constantly. You're thinking of narcolepsy is when you can't when you when you constantly fall asleep. Oh, insomnia is when you can't sleep. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. anyways, um, so that's just like a connection that happened naturally, like it wasn't planned, and I think that alone is just really cool. So, uh, fast forward to. I would say maybe January of this year, January, February. Uh, I was working on this song called I Will See the Light. And it it was just like a, like an intro to an album, like a build-up intro to an album. Mm. And I last, because we were done, like the song was done and ready to go. And I decided like last second that I'm going to turn into a whole song. And that's where we get Turry Top, which is already out. Um, and I don't know. It just a lot of things from this album have just happened, and out of my control. Uh, they're in my control, but like out of my consciousness, I guess. Yeah. Things just happened. So like Turry Top was uh, a part of this old project called Gomni that I was doing, and it has nothing to do with sleep. And uh, but now it does, obviously. But so Terry Top is the name of the first song that we put out. And in the story, it's the name of the forest that you spawn in when you're in Gomnia. And uh, what's cool is Terry Top, if you say that really fast, it sounds like treetop. Oh. And that was just another thing that just happened. And like it's. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> not planned. It's just, it just happened. And I think it's so cool that that, that stuff is. Yeah. And, um, I mean, maybe it's happening subconsciously or something where, yeah, it's so dude, I'm, I'm always like fighting with that. Like not like wanting to believe that there is some sort of like subconscious or like extra, you know, like not even necessarily supernatural, but like something outside of me that's like causing these things to line up perfectly. Yeah. It's fun to think that way, I guess. It is. It's, it's really cool. And, um. The name Terry Top came from I, I took I took the first part of a word called Terry Topsis and it's the scientific name of the immortal jellyfish that um, never dies. Like it's it's a real thing. It's a, a jellyfish that just doesn't die. And uh, the reason I took that Terry Top from that it's actually called Terry Topsis Dormy or something like that some yeah. dorm dorm something yeah and uh i thought it was a perfect name for the forest in gamnia because the forest represents our instincts that have been kind of instilled in us over however long humans have been around yeah and uh they never really die off like our instincts are just there forever they're they're immortal essentially mm. and uh Remains to be seen, but I think, I think it, you know, as a concept, I get that. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, over the course of generations, it's arguable that, like, some instincts die off or, like, some. Oh, or certainly. Or they evolve or they change, but, like. Certainly. Over- and I've actually put that idea into the story. So there's these, these termites. And this is another thing that just happened. Yeah. Ter, terry top, termites, you know. They're yeah. they're from Terry Top, and you know how uh, 
when you're from somewhere, you get like this pronoun added to you. Like you're from Michigan, you're a Michigander. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Termites are that from from Turry Top. Mites of Turs. Yeah. Yeah. Mites from, yeah, I get that. And uh, um, termites are the ones that kind of judge whether or not an, an instinct is going to go or stay. Mm. And part of the storyline in Gamia is the um, the person in Gamnia has to interact with these termites. Well, I think we should. I'm I'm sorry. This is people are not following. No, no, because I just think because I know what it is, but we should plan for people not knowing what even Gamnia is. So okay. like, I think you should back up and like say like explain like the the chip and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So the chip is actually like a sub subset of the story. It's not like super important. Oh. Okay. Um, but it is important in the sense that you need to get the chip to experience gamnia yeah it's like the beginning of the story so like uh for for us my gamnia is i i went and got the chip and in the video you can see that i i uh i go to sleep and then you i'm in my dream yeah and And the dream is where like that's the gamnia is like the dream world that like the chip gives you access to yeah so it's like this computer it's like this sci-fi sort of thing where and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of it, it's like it's a sort of sci-fi alternate sort of reality, alternate universe, and where you can get like this chip implanted in you, and then it allows you to like when you dream, go to this actual place where you can actually interact with your like bits of your subconscious that are manifested by like actual entities like yeah. within this world. Yes. Yeah. So. That's worded really, really well. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. The reason you get Gamnia, uh, the reason you get the chip implanted is because you have something wrong with you that you can't fix. and Like, it's, like a mental disorder or something. Like, yeah, a mental disorder, an addiction, um, just anything like that, which are manifestations of, of our instincts. And... Um, in some ways, yeah. In, in, a, in a lot of ways. They're, yeah. like, like nowadays, like, with uh, drugs and, and porn and, like, that's, our instincts are, are drawn to that sort of stuff. It's because they're dope. It, yeah. <laughs> Dopam- dopamine stuff. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, uh, I just realized you said, I'm, I'm, I'm so stupid, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, our instincts are drawn to be attracted to that type of stuff because why not like it's a huge rush of energy that we get when 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 you do that stuff yeah and uh but we know like that stuff isn't good for us like yeah we know that but we still do that at like just i'm speaking as a culture and um when you when you realize that it's not good for you and it's really hard to stop doing that. You need some help to Oftentimes stop. Oftentimes you're already hooked, yeah. Yeah. And so Gamnia is a source of help for that. And it's made up. It's not real. I'm just making this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people are, people are, my aunt thought this was a real thing. She was like messaging me on Facebook like, you got the Gamnia chip? What is that? Like, oh, she's freaking out on me. And I'm like, wow, that's actually hilarious. It is hilarious. Actually, a couple people. Did Joe Biden give you that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, so um Gamia chip was in the COVID vaccine. I knew it. <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so basically you get the chip because you you realize you have a problem with something and you need to resolve that 
and you've tried resolving it and there's not very many things you can do. Um, and then you realize, oh, there's this Gomnia chip thing. So you try it and it basically takes you on a, on a journey, like the mm -hmm. hero's journey, so to say. Yeah. And yeah. you, you get into Gomnia and you, and you can see your, whatever your problem is in a way that you can interact with and, and like, like it takes a physical form it, it manifests into a physical form so like like you have a, a an addiction to sugar or something when you are in gomnia that addiction to sugar is going to manifest itself into like like a rabbit that is out of control and has rabies and it's yeah. just freaking out and you need to figure out how to control that rabbit yeah and uh if you can do that then when you wake up you're not going to have that sugar addiction anymore. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what it is. And, and like, essentially is what it is. So specifically to the album, it, it kind of goes, it's not necessarily in order, but Turry Top is supposed to be the first song and Highlands is supposed to be the last song. And basically, the I mean, the songs in the middle kind of can go out of order, I think. Uh, as far as the story goes, yeah, just sonically, I felt like they should go in that order. But um, Highlands is essentially where you want to be at when you when you get to Gomnia. You want to make your way to Highlands, which is the place where, like, think of it like you're in a war or something. You want the mm -hmm. high ground. Yeah, that's that's like common knowledge. And I have the high ground, Anakin. Yeah, because because you can see what your enemy is, like where your enemies yeah. are in every direction. And when you're when you're in that space like in the real world, like when you're when you're like super aware of your surroundings and and you know what isn't good for you and and you're keeping that from you mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. That's what Highlands is. And uh that's where you want to get to. When you're, like, if you're addicted to something, that's where you want to be at. Yeah. You want to get to Highlands. Or you can, you know, if you're still like, oh, oh, it's a good metaphor. Because you're like, you're still aware of the addictions. You're still aware of the tendencies within yourself to, like, latch on to things that are bad for you. But, like, you have, like, a, a another level of control over them. You're not, like, in the muck with them. You're more like above them looking down thinking like oh yeah i see that i still have these thoughts and i still but i'm i'm gonna just choose not to exactly do anything yeah. with them yeah that's where the like the self-awareness comes in and yeah that's that's essentially what what gamnia is and then there's gonna be a, a second volume to this that goes and dives into a different storyline mm -hmm. that I'm, i've been starting and um it's gonna be pretty pretty different than than this one i would say with the new new songs I've been writing, it's a totally different, like sonically. Do you feel thing. like uh, when you create something like this involved or like this, like like such scope that it's almost like you kind of owe it more to it? Like you have to like keep making more of it. And do you feel like is that like exciting, or do you kind of? are looking forward to the end of it to, to start like getting into more like different sorts of like 
um, concepts and stuff. I think that all depends on whether or not this album does anything for us as a band. Yeah. And uh, I mean, not necessarily because we're nobody right now and right. I'm, I'm writing all this stuff knowing that we're not anyone. Like, yeah. And uh, so I don't know. Actually, I don't know what, what I, I just know that I'm doing this not to be famous. Like I'm not writing the story to be famous because like it's too much to, to risk. Yeah. Like it's, I'm, I have a different priority than that. Like, yeah. Um, but I would say if something does come from this, I'd probably, well, I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. It's, it's not the easiest question. It's just something to like think about because it'd be like if an actor gets their first thing that gets them famous is like this super like think about like fucking draco malfoy all right yeah like he gets cast as draco and he's like in this this um you know this series is super world famous but it's like almost impossible for anyone to see him as anything else now, yeah you know no i, I totally mean? see what you mean um and you're not doomed to that either but at the same time it's like you're a successful actor in hollywood you're world famous but also you're this one thing in everybody's minds i think it's easier for a musician to reinvent themselves as an than an actor but there's there still is like this thing like like coheed and cambria for instance like they're they're known as like the fucking like uh you know, like graphic novel band, essentially, like their their entire, and that's what kind of this reminds me of is like this complete sci-fi universe that they've wrote, written, like album upon album upon album about this long. That's what I'm kind of wondering. Like, do you find, do you see it like becoming like your thing as a band, or is it something where it's like this is this album or these two albums, and then we're gonna move on? I hope not. I hope that isn't the, what happens because like. One second. I know you wanted to say something real quick. Oh, I was just going to say, um, it's really f- cool to do concept albums. Yeah. Um, but also, they are very hard to maintain, especially if they're going one f- to another. If yeah. it's just concept after concept, like a really good example of that is either My Chemical Romance or Linkin Park. Like yeah. after Meteora with Linkin Park, every album was a concept, and yeah. every single Mike Hem album was a concept. Yeah, but they were all separate concepts. I feel yeah. like it's really cool to do stuff like that, but like the Coheed thing, that all is one story, and that is really Claudio is a super genius. Like, it's, yeah, it's kind of insane that he did that. I, I like what you're saying more personally, yeah. of like all the separate concepts. So, like, I mean, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not the mastermind of the the story, but I feel like after volume two, we'll definitely be looking at a different concept if there is one, or yeah. just making a normal record, right? Because it is very hard to. It's very easy to either end a story or leave it open and yeah. go to the next thing and then try to like pad it out. Yeah, it could also get like either overly convoluted 
or like the longer you go with something, the easier it is to accidentally have like inconsistencies and, you know, shit that doesn't make sense. And then you feel tied to it all blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I, you know, I think finding the sweet spot is like difficult probably, but also kind of what you'd want to hopefully look for is like, all right, this is the perfect amount of this. And now we're going to let it go. What, what we're hoping for isn't, it's what we're hoping for is that people will would understand the story and mm. make it their own. So uh, I already sent, like I sent the album to my boss or mm. my old boss and he texted me like his own story in Gamnia. I didn't ask him to do that or anything. He just immediately took that and that's, ran with it. That's awesome. It's really cool. And that's what we want. Like yeah. we want people to, to interact with it, not just listen to it, but like understand it. Yeah. And if that's ha- if that happens then great, we can move on to something else. Yeah. And uh like that's where I'm at mentally as far as the album. Like I just want people to to latch onto it and and make it their own and create their own story to yeah. it. Yeah. And like I intentionally left things open um yeah, yeah. so that people can can uh create their own character for that represents whatever their problem is because everyone's got a problem like no one is perfect yeah everyone the 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 hard part is realizing what that problem is and then yeah doing something about that being honest with yourself yeah. and that's if anything like we just were talking yesterday we're we're, we're uh of all things we're probably like a philosophical band and yeah. uh if we can get people to think like that think more philosophically and i think my 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 goal would be complete like yeah that's what i want i want people to think and 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 be honest with themselves and try and be better yeah after that i think that's honestly really cool like you know it's not to and you're not even saying this so i don't i'm trying to just say this to like just in general it's not that you're trying to like have this like youtube bono lofty like let's change the world type thing you know you don't it's not, you don't come across like that at all but it's still serving a purpose a bit higher than just you know writing about whatever your feelings are at the time which is something a lot of people do and i'm not knocking it it's something i do you know like the record we're putting out on the same day as you dude uh, i was telling your your friend that came over the other day uh, she was like, "Oh, you're in a band too," and I'm like, "Yeah." What's crazy is I'm, I'm putting on an, an album the same day Brian is. Yeah. And then I was like, "This is kind of like like crude and offensive," but I was like, "You know how how girls if they're they're together." Yeah, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go any further. <laughs> okay, well, I'm fucking. I'm trying to save your ass, but uh, I'll no. say it. No, I know you will. Do you I know what you. I'm gonna say? I do absolutely. Did if she I tell you? Link up and shit. No, she didn't tell me. But I know what you're saying. They're yeah, they just link up. <laughs> and I, I think uh, I think the closest. Do you know what I'm saying? I I think I don't. And I bears can smell the menstruation. <laughs> oh no! And I'm you like, hear that's, that? That's Those what's happening. Attract with- <laughs> bears. Now you're putting the whole station in jeopardy. That's what happens with on, the Jeremy. with roommates too. When, anyway, if they're musicians, let's 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 bring it back. Um, we're not editing this out. Um, uh, no, but it is kind of crazy. Like, 
I've been we've both been working on these records. I think I've probably been working on mine maybe a little bit longer than you, but uh Humble Greg. No, no, it's not like that, dude. <laughs> no, I meant like I, I just know, started just... the process. Yeah, yeah. When Jeremy was like still like when I first interviewed you guys, I was writing when Jeremy was our record. Just a baby. Yeah. And then I think you guys started you started writing Gami while you were here in this house, right? Yeah. So I, I know it was for sure like around that's just all that talks to is how long it's taken me to get my record ready to release. Well, but, what it is, is we've both been working on this album for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we're putting it out on the same day without it's, communicating. It's, that. it's pretty crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, shut up, Mitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a good point you both made earlier Thanks. about, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, about just um people if not these songs not necessarily being written for specifically for anything but for people to feel something in their own way from them yeah and uh the closing track um highlands is a really good example of that for me because um jeremy and i started writing that song like two years ago about and it's still very similar to how the first version was, but um, there's this ending section in it that I hadn't heard because um, I had left the band earlier this year to focus on school, and then I heard Highlands, and I had to rejoin the band because it was that good. Yeah. Um, but that ending section of Highlands, like, is... It's about, like getting on getting the high ground of whatever your problems are. But to me, it felt like learning to, I mean, I guess that is the same concept, but learning to love yourself and learning to let things go mm. and not burden yourself with stuff from the past. And, uh, which I feel like a lot of people struggle with. And that made me feel something like for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And uh so I feel like and there's there's many moments on this record that make me feel something after 2 years of not feeling anything. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um and I hope other people can get that out of this record. I'm sure they will. Unless they're fucking stupid. <laughs> Unless they're brain dead idiots and they just don't get it. No. No, I think that's cool honestly. Like I uh Actually, it's a really similar concept to my record, too. Just with the last part, though, like not the whole thing, obviously. Yeah, I actually wrote another record about like a, a chip that like lets you interact with your <laughs> That'd be, now that would be crazy. That but, would be like. <sighs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to kick you out. That'd be weird. Um, <laughs> but no, just like the whole concept of like learning to unburden yourself from things that you've done in the past. And like, I, dude, struggle with that shit so many people do you know everyone makes decisions good or bad that they wish they could take back or if they don't wish they could take it back they just would have done things maybe they their reaction to the decision maybe be a little yeah. bit different because that's a lot about life is <laughs> it's not what happens to you it's what you do because of the things that that's exactly it like my mine was because like my when my best friend died like when we were 22 so this was 2014 
it was the record isn't about death necessarily it's about yes like that happened but it's more about how i responded to it and the things i did that made me really not like myself as like a response to grief and response to loss like did a lot of destructive things to like my body and to my friends like and socially you know and then like learning to it's hard to forgive yourself for those things when it's like they're done like you can't not you can't undo them like and now it's like this difficult task i mean not now i feel like it's mostly in my past but like there's this really difficult task of like one getting out of the habit of doing these things but then also recognizing that like if you want to like maintain friendships with these people who you've hurt and stuff it's like you have to one forgive yourself but like also realize that they their forgiveness is not going to be as easy to get as your own you know sometimes and so it's like and then just learning how to be okay with yourself and kind of let the shit you know be in the past and then also like recognizing that all these things that you're you're doing you were trying to do them to kind of like feel something different feel something other than terrible yeah you know and realize like so yeah even if you like stop the this pattern of like negative behaviors that's great but you still need to find something to not feel fucking miserable and it's a lot of times like those bad things you do that's the easiest route to take to feel good in the moment yeah and like the, i think the biggest takeaway behind it is like recognizing that if if the only real way to like be happy is like in reality and with with no like external help is just to accept that you just aren't always going to be you know like you you have to just learn to live with sometimes life being shitty yeah and oh, absolutely and that's something too like i think you know to get you know philosophical or like draw draw connections like between like this highlands concept like for me like the way i think about that is like you being at like this high ground sort of metaphor is like recognizing all the shit it's, it's not that nothing bad is any is happening to you anymore it's that you know how to deal with it. It's that you don't you're not re responding to it in a negative way. Yeah, yeah, because what could have been the the name of the story or the song, it could have been like cave where you're hiding from everything and you yeah. you don't see anything. And uh that's not fixing the problem. Like right. that's not because they're going to find you in that cave and then you're not going to have any way out. Yeah, yeah. Um Highlands is you can see where they're coming from. Yeah, and you can you you look at them and know that they're there. Yeah, but they're having a hard time getting to you, right? Because you're above ground and you can throw a big rock down in their in their way and get them to run away or something. Like, a you couple know what I mean? Molotov cocktails. <laughs> yeah, just that's what I'm saying. Like you, yeah. can, you can have have a better chance of of getting that out of your. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I'm glad that you guys kind of picked up on that. Yeah. I, f I feel like the most human condition is that all of us are terrible sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's, 
you were saying like, you know, being able to forgive yourself, but then having the patience with the people you've hurt to get their forgiveness. And I feel like that is, um, one of the hardest things you can learn as an adult is to not just cut yourself or cut other people out because of your actions. Cause I'm sure we've all done that. Yeah. And also also being like, these people don't have to forgive me and I just have to live with that. Oh yeah. If they don't, you know, I think I've been really lucky in how people have responded to certain things, but like, you know, I had to, there, there came a point where I knew I had to just be like, I have to just keep moving forward. If I've apologized and I've tried to do everything I can to like, at least make sure I don't fuck up the same ways. But like, that's really it. You can't like make any other people have to like live their lives. And like, they might not be in a position where they're like, have done the work to be in a position to forgive someone else. You know, it's, it's, it, there's so many different variables. Yeah. Everyone's living their own story and going through their own things. And yeah, you can't be the center of the world sometimes. Well, don't tell me that. <laughs> well, not, not specifically at you, you know, but like, don't tell me that just, uh, you know, well, then what's the point of all this? You're talking to the owner of this house. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm at least the center of this world, dude. You made a really good point, uh, though. <laughs> thanks. <with> the, the, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, one of the things like I associate with this album um, is the point you were making about the happiness thing. Like the only way to be happy is to know that sometimes you're not, and also that like life just happens. Yeah, and. I am a believer that happiness comes with from within because there are so many outside things that can affect your life, but those things can still happen and you still be able to appreciate what you have, even if you don't have much. Um, Yeah. But like that just goes hand in hand with the Highlands concept, being able to see what's beneath, not beneath you, but what is weighing you down? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, dude, it's really fucking difficult. Like, I, I imagine, like, kind of diving into this world, which I really think is awesome. I told you when you first told when you first told me about it, I think it's fucking really awesome that you even, like, thought about this whole thing. But, like, you know, I think about putting myself into this alternate universe or whatever. I think... I like to think about what's what's interesting to me is like ways this could go wrong or ways this could be corrupted. And it something that starts out as like this tool to help people could quickly become a sort of controlling mechanism. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it could be this type of thing where you force it onto people uh-huh. and now you're making people change things about themselves that they don't want to change. They go into Gamnia and like this trait, they really like themselves about themselves is actually manifested in the dream as something scary. So they feel like they have to defeat it without knowing what it is. And then all of a sudden they wake up and they no longer feel like they're such a free thinker anymore. Maybe that thing that's manifested as like this fucking goblin or something 
is their ability to think freely and to question authority and things like that. And then they defeat it, and now all of a sudden they find themselves just wanting to do whatever they're told. You Dude. know? Yeah. Who is making the Gomnia chip? Dr. Leila Lefelder. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that is a person in the story, yeah. Which I mean, is, that's me dorking out, but, like, I think that's an interesting... Dude, and what you're, what you're hinting at is when Gomnia becomes political... Which yeah. is part of the story. It's not hasn't been told yet. Yeah. But when we first talked about that, you kind of uh, like sparked like a new part of the story. Oh really? Like, yeah. When we were coming home from hockey, and you were like, "Well, you, you basically you just said what you just said." And, yeah. Um, I was like, "You that's actually really interesting." Like, <laughs> what would happen? It's really sick. And well, yeah, just make sure you spell my name right in the liner notes and stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that that is part of it, and um, I'll say this: part of the story is you can't kill anything in Gomnia. You can die, like the things can kill you, but you can't kill anything. Like, do you die in the dream? Do you die in real life? If you die in Gomnia, you wake up, and, and it depends. No, and it's, nothing's changed. Really. No, no, no. You wake up, but you're you're in sleep paralysis. Oh, and. Whether or not that's like the time it takes to get out of that changes. It depends on on you. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Have you had sleep paralysis? Have you, have you asked me that? We we talked about this um, last week, I think. But no, but you have a few times, right? I have had that happen to me like three or four times now, and it sucks. That's has it like been recent? Uh no. No, I haven't had it in like six months. But I had it one time here that scared me so bad. Like I I was like freaked out for a week. Really? Like, it was terrifying. And like What was it? Like, do you mind talking about it or Oh yeah, I'm basically I was working nights at this job. And they they say like if you work nights you have you're at greater risk of, of experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I haven't worked nights in like six months now, so I haven't had that happen to me. So I think there's a correlation there. But be. um, but what happened this like most recent time was I I woke up and it was like like noon because that's when I woke up when when I was working nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, what woke me up was this. This subtle tapping at the tip of my bed, um, like on my on my mattress, it was just like a. And yeah. then uh, I didn't think you would notice. As <laughs> <laughs> when I like it, it was in my dream, and I was dreaming like I was having like a mild nightmare when I was when this was happening. It wasn't like a terrifying thing, but um, I, I I I woke up like I was in like a half sleep half awake state yeah and then uh i was hearing this and then it gradually got more rapid and then it stopped and i woke up completely and i was just tingling everywhere and i couldn't move i was stuck and i couldn't see what like i was laying on my side and i couldn't move my head to see what that was because it was on the other side of my bed in the back i couldn't move my head to see what it was and so i was just stuck i knew something was over there like I knew because I felt it. Yeah. And yeah. I couldn't see what it was. So it was just there and I couldn't do anything about it. And it sucked, dude. It was the worst experience that I've had. 
in like my entire life. It was awful. God damn. And it lasted for like a minute of, of that. Just sit, sitting there with nothing I, to do about it. That's actually, like, not to say that it d- didn't suck, but that's, like, really good as far as how short it was. I know some people who get it where, like, they'll be stuck for, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it varies. And that's why I said it it varies depending on who you are, yeah. if you die in Gamnia. Were your eyes open? Like, yeah. Could you close your eyes if you wanted I could. To? My eyes are the only things that I could do. I could, I could control. Like, I, I could look around, but I couldn't move my head. I couldn't move like, my hands. alert? I was wide awake. That's fucking wide crazy. awake, and you can't move. That's insane. It's terrifying, and it's like your brain is awake, but your body is still sleeping. Is what it is, and oh it's like, oh my god, it's awful, that's dude. Fucked. It's I guess awful. I've had moments of that sensation where, like when you said your body was tingly and all that, I've had moments of that where I was awake but I couldn't move, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a. I think my body just hadn't jump-started yet. Yeah. Because it was just like maybe 10 or 15 seconds, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why can't I move? But sleep paralysis is nuts because, I mean, just like the feeling and hearing stuff, but, like, thank God you're on your side because if you were, like, on your back and you could just see the demonic monster in the corner. And what's crazy is um, there's, like, a person or, like, thing that, a lot of people see when they have like the old it. It's the same thing. Like, yeah. they see the same thing when yeah. they experience it. Yeah. And it's like it's cross-cultural. Yeah. It's, like, weird. Like, my friend, from I was talking with, who he said he had it, and he saw this, this girl, um, like, running around uh, the hallway when he was having sleep paralysis. And I'm like, that's common. Like, people see that a lot. Yeah. Like, they see this, this little girl figure... But they also see this, like, old witch thing. Yeah, 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 the old and, hag. Yeah, the night hag. And it's like, the ugh, Night hag, dude. Bad name. That, night hag, for sure. That's a that's character sick. that has yet to be introduced in the story. Yeah. But there, that is a name of one of the things. Wild. It's dude. fucking insane. Dude, I, one of my favorite podcasts is called Jim Harold's Campfire, and it's just people calling in with paranormal stories. And a lot of times there'll be sleep paralysis, but just all these other things. I'm just, like, fascinated with anything along those lines. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't think anyone who, like, puts any thought into it, I don't think anyone doesn't believe in the supernatural. Like, there's something out there that we can't see. Yeah. And, like, whether or not that's just in our head. What right. I'll, I'll quote Harry Potter. If it's in our head, what what? Why is that not real? I'm not. I'm misquoting it a little wow. bit. Wow, wow. Dumbledore on acid. Yeah, double Dumbledore. <laughs> why why should that mean it's not real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Why like ever that. does it mean this? Yeah, yeah. I we know the quote. Read a fucking book, people. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, that's a really good quote, actually. Though it is. It's a great quote, and it, it's like uh, like anyone who isn't being like nihilistic thinks that there's supernatural things out there. I think, well, I think, you know, perhaps, like, underestimate the level of people's stubbornness in terms of not wanting to. Sure. But I think, I, I mean, the preaching of the choir, though, I definitely fucking believe in, in something. And I think it's, and I personally think it's kind of insane to think that there's not, you yeah. know, if you just look around, you know. Yeah. If, I mean, you know what? The littlest things will make me believe in supernatural, like, literally ant farms. 
make me believe in the supernatural. Like the the utter complexity of ants in the wild who just know without having language, know how to communicate together and have like these super intricate complex systems of tunnels and all this shit and that all work perfectly. And they have similar patterns to other ant farms. Like it's just like something that's completely ingrained in how they commune and how they it's just instinctual. Yeah. It's just knowledge that was never taught. It's just how does that exist? How does that like these little fucking things that don't communicate with any real language and with no real anything? They just are born with this inherent knowledge of how to do all these complex things. It's like things like that make me wonder how is there not a plan? How is there not a mind at work to put all this stuff together? I mean, we're literally made out of shit that got shot out of a star at some point and like crashed together and formed this planet. And now we're, we literally are the universe perceiving itself. You know, like human perception is that like we're literally space matter that grew together and is now capable of perceiving itself. It's pretty wild. It's fucking insane. And if, if you don't think that there's anything to that, okay. Can't really have a great conversation with you, you know, because I'm just going to get frustrated and I'm just, I just can't wrap my head around it to each their own, but I can't wrap my head around thinking that there's nothing. Like, I think it's insane. I think it's far more insane and irrational to think there's nothing than it, than it is to just assume that there's things that we don't understand. You know, that's my kind of soapbox. Dude, I, I, I pretty much agree with all of that. Like, yeah. I, I don't think there's, the, I mean, I understand why people would think that there's nothing fear it's not even fear it's (laughs) it's like god to a lot of people is just like this made-up evil being that people have just um latched themselves onto yeah yeah and they're misplacing a disregard i mean they're displacing like a, a distaste for the institution of religion yeah for the existence of something supernatural to me completely separate to a lot of people, it's not separate. Right, though, right. Which kind of sucks because yeah, I don't think we as humans are doing ourselves a good service by 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 doing by saying religion and God are the same thing. Like it's not, it's not even close. Yeah. What about you, Mitch? What's your favorite religion? I'm just joking. Um, I'm joking. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best religion? Yeah, let's rank them. On the next episode of Invite the Neighbors, Patreon-only exclusive, we will rank the religions with <laughs> painted friends. <laughs> Got me a volume two. <laughs> rank the religions. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I'm stupid. <laughs> but no, I, I like, I love the concept shit, though. I, it kind of indirectly, I think, inspired me to, like, for the, the new In a Daydream record, I say new because it's new to me, like, the one that's about to come out is new to people. It's old as fuck to me. <laughs> but the new one is more of a concept inspired by uh, a Kurt Vonnegut novel. Nice. Kurt, not, Kurt Vonnegut, you know, one of the greatest sci-fi authors of all time. Um, and it's like about... There's this chapter in the book, The Sirens of Titan, where they, the main character and his friend end up on this spaceship that like they end up in the caves of mercury like and it's like completely all alone desolate but 
there's like an illusion to where it like looks super lit up and like a bunch of like city lights and shit. And one of the characters was like, oh, we landed right in the middle of a Hollywood nightclub. But really, they're just in the in a cave in the darkest recesses of the universe, huh. essentially. And they're completely alone, except for like these, there's these cave dwelling creatures who can only speak communicate with each other through um a series of like like telepathy basically and they like they touch each other and they can sense each other and it's like it's like sonic vibrations so it's like it's called the song of mercury is like this one big like mon monotone that just plays for eternity and it like mm -hmm. the the creatures all they know is love basically there's there's no way of hurting anybody there's no way of doing anything other than just like feeling love for these like cave creatures and uh i thought that was like insanely like beautiful and but the record is is like the concept is about just like being completely feeling lonely as shit but also the idea like that line like in a, in a hollywood nightclub is I think a great metaphor for like feeling it's a metaphor for just like being in a world where feeling extremely alone in a very crowded world where it and, it, and having it always feel like everyone is having more fun than you. Yeah. Because like, I imagine how I would feel in a club just like sitting there, everyone's having a great time and I just feel so alone and like, so just out of place. And I feel like I don't understand. I'm on another planet. <laughs> This is like a, probably a, a, my hottest take of all time. Yeah. But I don't understand how people have fun at clubs. Like, I don't understand that at all. So, yeah, you got to have some smooth brain shit going on to, like, enjoy it, I feel like. So not that I've ever been to a club, but um, I have done some things this year that have some of the similar energy to a club. Like the loud <laughs> music and the dancing and all that. Yeah. And... I get it now. I also didn't get you mean like in, with your Oculus or something. No, no, no. Oh, like, okay. uh, <laughs> like in real life, <laughs> your virtual thing. <laughs> in real life, um, I get it now because I would always like be outside of these places and be like, "Why are people going into this?" Yeah. And now that, and it wasn't even a club, but we, it was. We just see Mitch just walking around yeah. the house like dancing. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna actually do that one day though. Um, <laughs> oh shit. Um. I get it now because like in the moment, it's a very in the moment thing. In the moment, you're just surrounded by you. You a have to be in the right headspace, but you also have yeah. to be completely open to anything that happens. You like things are changing between, especially like in a club setting, who you're dancing with or what song is playing or what the vibe of your area is. Yeah. Um, all the time. Like, yeah. And you just have to be open. Um, and also really messed up. Yeah. Like super drunk or on something. I was yeah. just drunk. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't feel like you can have fun in those situations just completely normal. And that's like, that's kind of fucked up. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it, it's it, not good if you need to. Be, it's like an inebriation is a prerequisite. Is kind yeah, of fucked, yeah. yeah it, it is. But at the same time, like if you are going into these situations knowing that like 
this is just a one-time thing for, you know, however long. You yeah. just want to have a one good night. Yeah. Then I don't see a problem with it, but... No, I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. But it's more so... When I talk about that metaphor, it's more of a problem with myself than okay. it is with society. You know. Oh, what I mean? yeah, yeah. We did get off track, but no, I, no, 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 no. No, I mean, I understand the. Um, it almost is the same concept as like being surrounded by friends and not feeling like you're connected with any of them. Yeah, you can be sur- like surrounded by people who care about you and and feel completely alone, and. That, I don't know. That's just part of the human condition. It's life, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone feels that eventually. Or at some point. Maybe. Unless you're, uh, unless you're, I don't know, just a super extroverted person. who's a super cool guy. Yeah. Always. Now I'm a a jerk and everybody loves me. God, I wish I was a jerk. Sometimes I drop obscure SpongeBob references on this podcast. Remember the Anchor Arms episode? The what? The Anchor Arms episode? Yeah, with the big inflatable arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, <laughs> I used to be a wimp. Oh, right. <laughs> now I'm a jerk and everybody loves me. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing from SpongeBob is when Squidward finally tries a Krabby Patty. Patty. Yeah. And SpongeBob you realizing like it. Patties, don't you, Squidward? Yeah, and then that smile that he has, face goes like all the way. Up. I have a my my girlfriend's sister painted that. I've seen that. It's like my favorite thing of all time. Like it's so funny. It's the funniest. When I saw that for the first time, when I was like eight, yeah, I was cry laughing. Yeah. for like days. Yeah, dude. I'm glad you had a good SpongeBob experience growing up because SpongeBob traumatized me. Oh wow, you're weak. How dude. do you? How does SpongeBob okay. traumatize you? It, it was one episode. Um, uh, remember the episode where Sandy goes on vacation or whatever, and SpongeBob and Patrick are to take care of a caterpillar. Oh yeah, yeah, and oh the bugs, the actual up yeah, close shots of yeah. the bugs. Yeah, I was that like, makes sense. I was like six. <laughs> I didn't know that bugs looked like that. <laughs> It's so funny, dude. And also, oh, like, it was, it was the noise. It was, like, a really... <laughs> yeah. And there was, like, a, a shock... Like, a shock sound. Like a... Ding. Yeah. And I I was... Imagine putting that in your Oculus, dude. Oh, God. Ooh, we don't like so that. Terrifying. Oh, I, I, was, I was... I had made, like, a, t- a pillow for it. And I poked my head out and saw that. And now I've just been traumatized since. <laughs> Dude, like my old band, uh, well, we were still in a daydream, but like back when I was in high school, we loved it. Was my, me and my buddy Brad, and like we would come home from high school, smoke weed in his garage, jam, and watch SpongeBob like every day. Like, There's had, not one thing wrong with that. We had a song called uh, N is for No Survivors from the fun song, yeah. N is for No Survivors. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we had, always drop in Sponge references. I still like when I talk to my sister Jenny on the phone, like or texting. Sometimes we'll literally, and this goes back to the supernatural thing, where, like, I believe that we have a, a connection. Like, sometimes we will, this happens more than once, where I'll be thinking of a very specific, like, Spongebob reference or something, and then she'll, like, send it to me that day. Or, so, or vice versa. Are you a twin? No. See, I'm a twin, and I have a twin sister. 
Fraternal or identical? Not that it matters, but I'm just curious. She's a woman. Okay, so for I don't know. I didn't know that you couldn't be identical. Identical that. means that the egg splits. Yeah. So like there would be two of me. As scary oh. as that sounds. Yeah. No. Okay. I didn't realize that you couldn't be. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't different know that either. sex and not identical. Yeah, because identical is uh, the like the egg splits in the embryo. Okay. Dude, okay. We're so just fraternal. idiots. Yeah. We're just dumb. Okay. Yeah. Straight up. I mean, it's okay. I get that question a lot. Anyway, so her and I are twins, and. No joke, we have twin moments like that. Yeah. Like, pretty frequently. Like, we've even had, like, the same dream before. Yeah. And um, some, like, I can't think of any instance, like, recently. But, like, we're always finishing each other's sentences or, like, cracking the same jokes. Yeah. And maybe that's just because we spend so much time together. But especially when we were younger... um we would have like moments like that a lot. So I, I don't know. I getting back to the, if you believe in anything or not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not religious, but I don't completely like discredit it. I, I am a big believer of do what you feel is right. As long as you're not hurting someone. Yeah. If you're doing something malicious, then maybe you should not do that and think about what you're doing. Yeah. But if, like with religion, it's so, um, it's so personal to that person. Or that's not a really a good way of saying it, but it's singular to that person. Each yeah. person has their own belief. Even if, like, in a church, every single person in that church believes a different way. Yeah. Um, And I don't discredit anyone's religion, even if I don't personally believe in it. Yeah. Um, But going back to the the sister thing and the twin thing, Mm -hmm. the moments like that make me be like, how? How can her and I be on the same wavelength Right. Miles and miles apart. Yeah. Um, it is. It's kind of wild. Yeah. It's crazy. I love that shit, though. Um, I wanted to ask, too, before we get too far along, um, back to the record. Like, do you think that because you had this story, but you said, like, you know, some of like the sonic arrangement is different than how like maybe the order of the story would be if you were to order the story out. Like when you're writing the music, does the the sound of the music really have anything to do with, or was that, was it just like that, that was like the, the sound that you were just trying to go for in general musically. And then you just happened to have this story to go with it. Or what did you kind of write the music to kind of fit this story? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, that is, it's not the same for everything. So, like we have a song called "The Merge," and when you listen to the record, it's totally different than all the other songs. It's like heavy rock, like yeah, loud I know guitars, um, and that type of sonic sound definitely influenced the lyrics. Mm. Um, so some songs, yes, like the music inspired the lyrics, um, and the merge doesn't hold a critical part of the story. Like it's not super critical. If the merge wasn't 
on the record or anything because mm-hmm. the story would has the same like uh it, it's the same thing even without the merch basically gotcha uh but the merch to you personally is something that yeah the merge was a hurdle for you to get yeah over. the merge is a very personal part of the story yeah and so what i meant i'm glad you said that because people aren't going to know what the merge even means like no one knows what that means except for people i used to work with and yeah unless i told them unless i told tell you what it means yeah and uh like that was very intentional because i loved my job and i i wanted to leave something for them for one and because i made a lot of friends and mm-hmm. uh, i learned i i grew up in a lot of ways working there mm-hmm. and uh I kind of just wrote about that. And uh, so the merge is a very personal part of the story. So let's talk about like Mad Quencher. Like that is a very critical part of the story. And mm. it talks about being in Gamnia. And and when we do a video for that, there's a, there's a part in the video that we're going to do that is super critical. And uh, that's as far as I'm going to go as far as that goes. But... Um, and then we will go to Genius, which is another song on the album, and that is also like super critical to the story. Mm-hmm. And those those were like lyrics first, music after, basically. Oh, okay. And uh, kind of wrote the music. I mean, it's I think it's always kind of difficult to perfectly line up the sound of the music with whatever the concept is. I think a lot of times it just you're at the mercy of what kind of band you are, and I don't think it's actually super important even to have the music because it's so interpretive it's so like this is just you wrote the lyrics this is what you think the sound is whereas if you gave me those lyrics and you told me to write the song it'd probably be completely different it may be a little bit better but like you know i'm just joking i would you didn't catch that did you <laughs> i would say that um every song on this record sounds even though some songs had the lyrics first, every yeah. song from the beginning to the end is like two different songs. Like the closest one is probably Highlands. That one stayed the same the longest. It's like yeah, pretty much. Oh, you're talking about from like the original. Yeah, the first demo. version. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like- a lot of times, like there was like two songs on this record that we had finished, like we were done, and yeah. then. Jeremy later was like, "Nope, we're doing something completely different." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do yeah. that a lot. <laughs> and like, they benefited from that. And, yeah. Um, like Mad Quencher is a good example. Mad Quencher was this really soft, like acoustic ballad that was just Jeremy and a, you know, acoustic guitar. And the the lyrics I think are exactly the same from that first. So version. same same lyrics, uh... just different melody and pacing. Yeah. And the song, like, not to say that the first version wasn't great, but this new version is amazing. And, yeah. Um, like, Genius was a song that, the, Genius was the first song Jeremy and I started after the band started. Cause for anyone who doesn't know, Painted Friends started as just Jeremy. and then Yeah, uh, that first record was all you, and then yeah, you kind of learned the drum the, parts. Yeah, I hopped on almost three years ago. And, and that's how I met you guys was uh, 
your Craigslist ad. Yeah. Yeah. For that record. I thought it was like, holy fuck. <laughs> this dude's got a fucking dog on this album cover. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Genius was the first song him and I worked on together. And uh, the first version was, it was a song. <laughs> and, <laughs> it was a song. And technically speaking, yeah, it was a song, and each version just got better and better and better and better until the version that's on the record. Um, and it's like now one of my new favorites. It has it's this, always fun when that happens. It has such this good hook, and um, the hook is with the the like drums and the bass. It just has good empty space with also good um pacing yeah yeah and you you have played a critical part in that because you increase the tempo because it used to be slower yeah and uh you wrote most of the drums like and i was a super jerk about it because i <laughs> told you like we had only known each other for like three months i'm like jeremy this song sucks <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it like that, but you know, I, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, I was trying to push him in a, in a, we should do something different with this song. Yeah. 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 Um, cause I, I could see that you have to be able to do that though. Like, yeah, but him and I had only known each other for a while. I didn't want to be the new guy coming into the band and then calling the shots. Right. Um, even though you're like taller, right? Yeah. But you more know, of the leader, you know, he's I mean? only like, like an inch or two t- shorter. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think I'm the shortest one in my band. Yeah. Maybe I got like a Napoleon complex or something. I mean, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, Genius came out amazing because of the time that it took to finish that song. Yeah, that, that was the first song we worked on and the second to last song that we finished. Wow. So, yeah. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm writing, like, I try and pretend like it's not me who's listening and it's someone else. It's so hard to do, but I know what you I know what you're saying. I think I'm good at it. Yeah. Because I mean it's it sounds arrogant, but like I I think my songs are, are really good and um a a reason for that is I put myself into the perspective of someone else as best as I can. Yeah. And I've changed a lot of things because of that. Like yeah. from like the the original version to what it is now. For every one of the songs, like I, I listen to my songs when I'm writing them like a hundred times. Yeah, oh, in yeah. my car, like on repeat. That's how I am too. And uh, like you've probably heard me come come home with my songs like blaring. Yeah, and I'm like I'm judge I'm judging myself hard when I'm doing that. And I'm like, yeah. okay, what about what's wrong with this uh, with this vocal uh, take? And like, what could I do better? Um, what what's why is this bass like a little bit too high or why is it it's just like there's things yeah there's things that i i have to do for for me to be proud of the songs like yeah and uh dude that's why i don't produce my own shit anymore like uh, that's because like i would be in, in your exact same position like when i was writing my own now I just write my own demos. And but, I just record my own demos. But I uh, love I love doing that though. That's like yeah. that that's part of that's the part of songwriting that I love the most is 
getting to that point where I can judge it and yeah. make it better. Well, yeah, I think I'm, I definitely, so like once I get into the studio, that's, that process begins for me, but I like to be able to just send notes and like, cause like way I recorded the last record and the way I'm going to do the next one too, I decided is to not just go into the studio for two weeks in a row and just knock it all out. I like going in for two days, seeing what I get and then listening to that over and over and over and coming up with notes. And then like when I go back to do it, like it might change completely or like there's like a lot to perfect, but without me having to like actually drive myself insane. Cause if I have the access to the knobs and the keys and stuff, it will never be done. Like I have to like have somebody else like tied to it and just me creating notes and like me just performing and not worrying about like having complete control over like the, the sound engineering and stuff like that. Cause otherwise it'll never get done. But I, I do like, um, giving myself space in between sessions to like really kind of do what you're saying and create all the notes and create all the, uh, edits and stuff. Yeah. So, to add to that, like for for this record, I didn't mix or master anything. Yeah. And for the first album that we did, like I did all of it. Right. And it it sucked. Like it was a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, this album, like my friend Alec, uh, Alec Garnica, he's killer mixer. Like he he knows what he's doing. And uh, so I had him mix most of the songs, and uh, like that freed me up to be more more I think it freed me up to be more creative because like yeah. I wasn't dedicating time to mixing it was yeah. just exactly exactly producing and uh since I plugged Alec I got to plug Jake Rye cuz he did the other four and it was four and four so like Alec did four songs Jake Rye did four songs and um I think they all the album just turned out really really great and it's because I didn't do any of the mixing I I I I uh I let them take the, the yeah. hold of that because you get too close to it. No matter how hard you try to put yourself in someone else's shoes, which I I would argue is like nearly impossible, like to do it fully, you know. Um, but it, there's a reason, like it's like an industry standard move to have someone else mix and master. Yeah, you know, it's just it's something that can't really be quantified. I feel like I have a really unique position in this band because Jeremy more or less makes the songs. Yeah, and yeah. I get to come in after like you get this, to come in and crap on it. Well, no, I get to come in and like I when Jeremy and I are doing something musically, I like listening to what he's given me as if I was a fan of it. Right. Right. Um, and because in a way you are. Oh yeah, you, know? you have to love what you're doing to be playing it, right? But I, I am weird with the bands I'm in. I listen to my own music as if it is one of my favorite bands. Like I'll listen to it for fun. Yeah. Um, so when Jeremy shows me something, I have a unique position where I get to come in and be bring ideas to the table as an outside source because yeah not that you know this isn't bad or anything but i'm not really part of the songwriting process because i'm a drummer i have no songwriting 
prowess. But I, I have tidbits of ideas and influences that shape a song. Yeah. And that's where I get, um, you know, a lot of enjoyment out of. Like, Jeremy and I just had this moment last night where we have a track that's going to be, be, be playing live. And just because I didn't have both my earplug or my mon- in-ear monitors in, I heard this piano track that I was playing be super echoey in the background. And yeah. I thought that's how it was supposed to be. When in reality, it was just panned into the other yeah. ear. And so we made the whole track like it was like being played across the room. That's um, tight. Yeah. And so like it's little tiny stuff like that that I like yeah. have inspirations for. I had a uh, when I was there's like something that made it to our record like on our second single we just put out like I was listening to a mix of it when I was down in Florida and I was like walking on the beach and I had headphones in I was listening to a a, a mix and it was almost the mix was almost done. I was, it was the beach at night and the beginning of the song, like I heard like the waves crashing, like, and I'm like that, it was just like one of those serendipitous moments where I'm like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> and so I pulled out my phone and I recorded just with a voice memo, the waves. And then I sent it to the producer and told him like where to put it. And now like those waves that I actually heard are in the song. Yeah. So it's like one of the, it's fucking, one of the, one of the I crazy, know that, but it's fun. Our phones, iPhones have the greatest microphone on them. It's like ridiculous how good it's the crazy. It's so good. It's I like, use it for a lot of things. It's so easy to make like, you know, that's why I don't really waste a lot of money on stuff to equipment to record demos because like it's really as easy as like setting up an iPhone in the middle of the room and just having the whole band play it now that I have a band. Like, yeah, it's not the greatest, but, like, it's enough to, like, that's all the pre-production I really need. Because if I'm spending so much time in the studio and so many different sessions across time, I don't really need the pre-production sessions, you know? It's, it's like, it's enough to just have this, for me anyways, it's enough to just have this on an iPhone. And it's crazy. And, like, some shit like Vampire Weekend will do stuff where they'll record, like, piano on a phone. And that's the thing that gets used, and they like find interesting ways to use these crappy sounds and mix them with really good sounds. And overall, like the sonic picture is really lush and unique. Haley Williams, Williams did that a few times on her solo record from uh, 2020. Oh yeah, uh, like you know, her just putting her phone on the piano she's playing, and you can hear her like chair creaking and the the hammers actually moving inside yeah. the thing and i find stuff like that so um what's the word like endearing or yeah just, endearing yeah, yeah. like yeah. perfection doesn't have to be the standard you can have imperfections in music and like if you it's like the relative same, term really and like the thing that i really find interesting about those instances in m- music is if you get some really nice headphones on usually you can hear the click bleed and i yeah i love hearing click bleed because i'm like oh my god i have that in my ears too yeah and yeah it it, it you takes, remember when we were recording falling in love and yeah that, yeah that was happening um uh, i find it p- 
peels back some of the layers yes. of the perfection of the studio process and makes the artists you listen to feel like human. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really like that type of stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, I say this is my most pretentious personal quote, but like, there's no bad sounds. There's just sounds out of context. Like you can take anything and put it in the right context and it'll be good. Yeah, you absolutely. I, I love, I love that idea. And I think our next record, I'm going to try way more experimentation with stuff. That's the one thing that I don't like about the one that we were putting out. Like, I don't think there's enough. I mean, there's people hearing it will probably think I'm crazy because like, you know, it sounds awesome. I'm, you know, yeah. whatever you, you get it. Like it sounds, it's, it's, I think it's okay to like, like when you said like you think your songs are awesome i don't think that's arrogant like i think if you don't think that you're not doing enough there's like, definitely a fine line you can be super proud of what you are putting out but yeah. you also especially like you're saying with this new record coming up there's so much your next stuff is so much better or at least yeah. that's what you should be striving for yes yes i mean definitely people who like this record that we're putting out like maybe won't like the new stuff as much because it's a different direction. Like the first stuff was more like Elliot Smith, like radio head, darker stuff, like old email. The direction we're trying to go is more like, I don't know, almost like Frank ocean, like, okay. Like R and B type influence. Oh, I remember you saying that. I, yeah. here's my hot take of the day, which yeah. isn't even a hot take, but it's, some like what you're saying right now with the going in a new direction my favorite thing an artist can do is branch out yeah um, oh, I, I agree like my favorite bands are the bands who maybe their first or second record was similar and then boom album three or something completely new direction they just keep expanding on new direction after new direction it's not like it's a completely new sonical idea yeah um in the context of the band like right. one album to another can be similar in genre but it's execution completely different turnover does that yeah you know um, turnover you just used to be like an emo like post almost post hardcore type band yeah and then they came out with like peripheral vision and then it was like but now that's what turnover is you know, they're more the way more of that band, but yeah, yeah sorry. But who kn who knows what their next big right. band will be? Um, well, there's there's a there's a fine line also between trying to sell out and making genuine art. Yeah, and but I think a lot of bands are guilty of trying to sell out, changing and changing their sound. Yeah, and I I mean people don't like hearing that, but like that happens a lot. I feel I like say. it's hard to yeah, I would agree. be in the headspace. If you're a, a band who is successful, are you going to just keep doing the thing that made you successful or for like the next 20 years? Or are you going to want to make something new because it's interesting to you? Yeah. Well, if it's interesting, then yeah. But if but it's... If it's for for money then well there's a big difference between what's interesting for the audience and what's interesting for the artist yeah. i believe that as an artist we should be making music because we 
are enjoying making it, not because we're trying to pander to an audience. And yeah. maybe pander isn't the right word. That might come off as pretentious, but... I think it's the right word. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, like, I think audiences are what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Audiences are very important, but at the same time, do you want to be like a one-hit wonder that's just pumping out the hits? No. I think like, you should get your sound first and then find your audience rather yeah. than trying to go to a pre-existing audience with what you think they want. That's like, like, love them or hate them. I, I adore the Foo Fighters. Fuck yeah. But I hate them. I, I haven't seen them live yet, but I, <laughs> the merge is like your best Foo Fighters impression. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the Foo Fighters live yet, but when I do, it will be the last time because they I play for that. like three or three or three and a half hours and it's just hit after hit after hit. Yeah. It's like, that's great, but I want to hear the new stuff. I'm one of those fans. Yeah. Like, I'm I, with you. Like, I see Dance Gavin Dance a million times, and I get so pissed when it's like the same set list as like a year before. That's why I don't see like Taking Back Sunday anymore. That's one of my favorite bands, and they yeah. just play stuff from the first three records. Yeah. My favorite records from them are their new stuff. Dude, I love, like, I've, I've seen them a couple times. I saw them in Pontiac recently, then I saw them at Riot Fest. Yeah, yeah. And they, I don't think they played Sink Into Me either time. And that's like my favorite Taking Back Sunday song. To be fair, they don't play anything from the album. Yeah. They, they, they are either post John, uh, coming back or. Yeah. Pre, pre Matt Fozzie. Such a good fucking song. Dude, that album is really good. I don't yeah. care what Taking Back Funny Sunday fans have to say. Yeah. That album rips. It does. You know, I, what I, I don't you like say rips in a long time. Yeah. Is, uh, the guy, the Adam Lazara live, he does like this persona that reminds me of like Leo and Django Unchained. Oh, like okay. he does like this Southern gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody! Like he does that type yeah. of shit. I'm like, hey, dude. Doesn't he from like? It's all good. Like, I think they're from Jersey. Or he yeah, might be from, from Jersey, Virginia, New Jersey. So I mean, maybe. Well, he does live in like South Carolina now or something. Yeah. So maybe over the decades he's it's definitely but he'll talk sometimes yeah just to john and he's like breaks out of character in like a funny way <laughs> and you can right. tell he's just in character yeah you know but no that, that's good but um yeah is there anything else i'm missing here do you want to talk we about the video at all yeah we, yeah i'd love say, to i was gonna say yeah, yeah i need to i need to give props to my friend connor my friend connor is the coolest person in the whole world um i resent that what's uh really <laughs> have you met connor yet connor hasn't met me yet um no he's uh he he Wait a minute. directed wasn't he here filming the video yeah brian wasn't here though oh. um he directed and edited the music video for cherry top and uh you shot on premises without my permission i had your permission <laughs> in written form and you signed it uh but yeah, he uh, he directed and edited the music video. He kind of took the creative direction and and ran with it. And uh, he, I just I'm very thankful for him. So if he hears this, I hope I make his day. And um, he just he he's a huge part of this band. And uh, and yeah, so we're gonna be working with him on on the next music video, which is gonna be for the merge. And maybe I shouldn't have said that. I mean, uh, because maybe it won't work out, but it it'll work out. And yeah, so the next music video is for the merge. Connor will be taking the hold of that one too. And uh, 
Yeah. So if you haven't seen the video yet. It is amazing. <laughs> it looks awesome. No, like I was so impressed when I first saw it because the costuming and like the yeah. lights effect. It I, looks sick, dude. Because like you. this is not to be um, like talking down to any local band, but when I think of a local band a lot of doing, them suck. huh? <laughs> no, just kidding. When I think of a local band doing a, a music video, I think of not what. Turry Top is. Right. And Turry Top, like, looks amazing. It's editing, it's color contrast, the aspect ratio of it, which isn't even something to brag about, but it's just, like, something that I enjoy. Like, something actually looking like a big budget music video. Um, Me and Connor met at a Tony One Pilot show. Oh, really? In 2019. Was that the one where you held him up? Yeah, so <laughs> me and me and Connor and and his wife and and my girlfriend Hannah, we we were in line for Twenty One Pilots. We were there like nineteen hours early, and uh, dorks. Yeah, and I remember Connor was wearing this leopard shirt. Yeah, this leopard uh, button up T shirt, and I was like, oh, this guy's cool. <laughs> this is a mm. cool guy. And then uh, he was like behind us, like maybe thirty people behind us, but. Um, they're, the Tony Pilots bus rolled in, so we all like went to see if we could see them, and and me and Connor ended up like talking and like meeting each other, and then we went we went back in line, and then somehow we ended up in general admission, like in the pit, like right next to each other, huh. and cool. uh, in the show part of part of the show back then at least I don't know if they still do it, but uh, the singer Tyler he gets on on the crowd and 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 sings the first verse of of Holding On to You, and uh, me and Connor and and our people, we like we held we held Tyler up, and then like that's kind of like our first time meeting each other was just yeah. like holding up this person that that we both look up to in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was just like an insane experience, and then right to metaphor. Yeah, and <laughs> and to and for for what happened now to be the case, like it's just wild. It's a really cool like thing that happened. That is pretty dope. Yeah, and uh, but. He made this music video look amazing. He he killed it. It does look good. Yeah, it's. I'm so glad that we kept in touch, and he's a really, really awesome guy, really good friend of mine. uh, You should talk about the story of the music video for people who haven't seen it. So, it starts out. I actually posted this thing on my Instagram story because this is a secondary thing, but I was like. So I just got the chip in, in, implanted in me, and the doctor said I need to be awake for 24 hours. So I I posted that at like 11.40 p.m., like right before noon, mm-hmm. and then on, on Thursday. So 24 hours from then is going to be about noon on Friday, and that's when the song got released. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the video is me um, saying that, uh, like on my phone, like recording that video saying... All right, I, it's been 24 hours. I'm going to go to sleep now. And then I go to sleep, and then I'm in my dream. Yeah. And it's like in real time. That's the idea. Like in, It's in real time that people are watching this video uh, as I'm going to sleep. It wasn't actually the case. Yeah. Completely made up. But um, so that's how it starts. It starts with me going to sleep, and then it shows me in Gamnia. Actually, doesn't it shows me in this other 
state, which is still me sleeping, but it's not Ingomnia completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I get to the chorus of the song, that's when I'm in the forest in Turry Top. And that's where, that's where people get like the visual of what Gamia looks like. Gotcha. And, um, that's for right now. That's as far as I'm going, as far as the visual, because I want people to take it and make yeah, it. Yeah, you their don't own. really need to make it so specific. I don't want to. Yeah, because you're not making a movie, you're making a music video. It's yeah, like, it's separate. You know. Yeah. So, I like to think of this whole narrative. I don't know if either of you know what an ARG is. Um, nope. That is a alternative reality game alternative reality game oh okay which um is basically just something online that i there's no easy way of describing it think of something online that you can't quite tell if it's real or not but it has Mm. an underlying story and it is continuous yeah that's what i feel like this series of albums is gonna be you could honestly yeah like i was just having a thought when you said that like you could honestly like put this one out make another record that has nothing to do with it and then come out with another gandhi record if you wanted to you know it doesn't even have to be in succession yeah you could just like there's a band the the deer hunter um i love the deer hunter they're fucking amazing like they had their their stories but they would put out records that didn't have to do with the story before the whole story was out you know like that's the great thing about this. You're not under contract. No, There's no like, rules to what you can do or can't do. And like um, we're we're all still so young. Like there's no deadline to right. hit like in your life. You can do anything you want as long as you're able. Yeah. And uh it took me a while to figure that out. Like, yeah. Being like, thirty putting out the first record is kind of scary, but like also gives a fuck. Yeah. You like <laughs> true. Like, there's this big push in our society that you have to be successful before you're 30 Yeah, in whatever you do. And, like, that's just not how life is. Some of the most successful people in the world didn't get success until their 40s or their 50s. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, there are lots of people who are lucky and do get successful young. But I find that being older gives you the perspective to make the right decisions to get successful and success is different between everyone right yeah yeah like for me if music was my job success for me would just being able to tour and then after tour go back to work and then do it again yeah like music as a job would just be a job yeah and then you get into the argument that music is supposed to be for the fun of it and all that, which yeah. is true. But you also have to do certain things in order to make it a fun reality. Yeah. You know, I, but I do find the best times I have in music are when it's not, when it's less of a job. Cause I've been in bands yeah. when I was younger where it was like, you know, every few weeks we'd be gigging and, um, you know, in the studio pretty frequently. And mm-hmm. that, those were some of the best times of my life. But I also like didn't have the time to focus on other things. So when music is just more or less a hobby, that's when I feel like it's the most fun. Yeah. But if music was successful with Jeremy, just having it as a job would be nice too. Yeah. Doing what you love. But then 
it's not what you love anymore because it's your job. But so you have to find another outlet. I would rather have that be my job than something I fucking hated, though. Yeah, I wouldn't mind sacrificing a little bit of the magic with music in order to be able to do it. Absolutely. You know, but that, that just gets back to the whole point of like, there's no time limit on success. Right. Like, yeah, I, I, when I was younger, I was like, Oh, if I don't, if I don't get my one, my highest musical goal still to this day, it's just to do a national tour, like hit up maybe eight cities, get in a van, drive around the country. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, if I don't do that by the time I'm 30, that's it. I'm going to just get a desk job. Yeah. Well, I'm 27 and I have a desk job and I still want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm literally, like I said, just turned 30 and I haven't, I've only played in Ohio and Michigan, you know? Yeah. But I'm 23. It, yeah. Yeah. Good for you, dude. But the thing <laughs> is, like, it doesn't matter because, like, one, people often think I'm 23. Yeah. You, you, you know? look young, dude. Yeah. I look younger now than I did five years ago. Like, it's weird. It's the <laughs> hair, honestly. But uh, I think also it's just once I made the choice that it's weird. I don't know how to fully explain it. I mean, the hair is a big part of it. But, like, I what think. What do you mean your hair? Like, what did you, did you do? It used to be, hair? like, short. And yeah. I looked more like an adult. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, but once I made the choice, like, in my head that, like, I'm going to start gearing my entire life around the pursuit of music, I just naturally. It was a pretty quick change, but like even like certain friends would notice that like I, I started dressing differently. I mean, not that I was, I felt like I just became more of myself. You know, I stopped trying to dress like an adult quote unquote and I stopped trying to like meet expectations that were not my own. I just started doing things and presenting myself as the person I imagined I wanted to be. And since then a lot of people have thought i looked younger it was just like a weird thing that it's i have i'm fully embracing this like extended adolescence <laughs> you know and i don't you know it's fine i don't give a shit like i'm didn't do anything really with music in my 20s other than make songs that i think are still really good and i hope to record one day but I'm doing it now, and I think anybody who wants to do it now should. I mean, if you think you have it, I I think it'd be a shame if I didn't do something with it. I started to get utterly terrified at the idea of my life without music. I'm like, I don't want to do this at all. But so would, funny, funny you say that because that was my year this year. Yeah, because I gave up music. Um, yeah, I remember that whole thing, and I'm like, he'll be back in my head. And like, I really <laughs> thought I was done because like. I'm like, okay, I'm in school. I have to, I have to get this degree. Like it would be stupid of me not to do it, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and it's just a, you know, in case whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, damn it. You break glasses in case of emergency type of thing. Yeah. Um, were you just talking about how, like, like music life without music, life without music. Um, like for most of my life, music was the only thing I did. Like that was my one thing. And then going almost a whole year without it, I wasn't, I, I mean, I would say I'm still kind of miserable. Like I'm, I'm rounding myself out, but 
Uh, <laughs> I'd say I'm still miserable. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, with, I know what you mean. I hate my yeah, job. <laughs> like I, I, I work 50 hours a week and I'm going to school and I don't have a lot of time for anything. Yeah. But one of the things I'm really excited about not to, you know, get too much into it on, on air, but like when I move here, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to make music my life again. I yeah. haven't been able to practice my instrument in my home for almost a year. Right. Maybe over a year. So if I want to do play drums, I have to go pay to go into a studio. Yeah, fuck that. And like that that's sucks. fun, but like I miss just being able to just be like, "Hey, basement. I'm going to go in the basement and play drums. Yeah. See you in a few hours." Yeah. And um but that also was the thing that when Jeremy and I first started painting friends and then the following year like i was able to practice and also music was always on the mind yeah yeah like if it wasn't his art music i'd be listening to bands that inspired me and then i would bring things that inspired me to the table yeah um but since music hasn't been like on my mind for the last year i'm really excited for it to be again i'm excited to for you to see like after that like i don't know hiatus i guess you call it like how your writing changes like how your influence like new naturally new things are going to influence you and like the shit you come up with now is gonna be i mean that's what happened to me too like even if i never really took a break from thinking about music but i was i took a long break from actually writing and i didn't even realize it but there was a tour like like probably a two year span where I didn't write any new music because I was so focused on making the record out of the music I already had written. And now that I'm writing new shit, it's like, oh, this is where my head's at now. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I wanted to write more jazzy or like R and B type influence shit, but that's what's coming out of me. And that is a great thing to I find that when you're surprised about what's coming out of your brain. Yeah. That is the best thing musically. Yeah. Because you not realizing you have those influences that you could like latch onto and write for. Yeah. Um, it just it changes your, uh, your view of what you can do as a musician. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to fight it either. I'm not going to decide that like, Oh, I want my next record to be X, you know, I'm just going to do, whatever is coming naturally and figure it out. And I think I'm going to make shorter records. Like the one that we're putting out is like 26 minutes. I think the next one will be like 30, 35 tops and just continue. Cause I think that allows me to put out more records and explore more vibes. Cause I'm so ADD. Like even if you just listen to one song, there's so many different movements within that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like, one, I think people's attention spans are short and no one's going to listen to a 60 minute record in one sitting. They might get through it eventually, but realistically, most people can only consume about 20 to 30 minutes. And that's pretty good if they take it all in at once. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, why don't I just cater to that? Like, why don't I like write the exact music I want to write, but then also in smaller chunks to where like people fully digest the music I'm making and then I can make something else similar length and have them digest that and allow me to like go in different directions more frequently. I feel like, you know, albums are 
slowly becoming a thing of the past and not in a bad way. Like, that's just the future. Yeah, you I, have to evolve. I actually a disagree bit. with that. I think it that was the case for a little bit, but I think people are inching back towards albums. I'd love for that to be the case because I am a person who. Did you did you see the new Adele thing that happened with Spotify? I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about her. Why? I let's just not open that can of worms. Well, what I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is, albums are still being taken serious. Yeah, but so I think that's that, cool. That, what she did with that, fine, whatever. She used her power in a kind of inconsiderate way, though, because. There are so many greater issues about the Spotify zeitgeist that she could have brought attention to, but it was, oh, my album is getting put on shuffle. Let's not do that. Yeah, I, I like. I think that's a horrible thing to do. Albums are meant to be listened to in order. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. And that's why I think making making them slightly shorter will actually allow people to like almost trick people into list digesting it the way I want them to. Yeah. Instead of being intimidated by the length of something and never really only getting the most diehard people to listen to it. Like I think I can to kill two birds with one stone, keep the album alive, but do it in a way that is naturally lining up with the way people want to digest music. Yeah. So. I back to the album thing. I, like where our album is eight songs, but you know, in technicality, it's more of an EP because there's two short ones on there. Yeah. Um, but I feel like short EPs are doing better than albums just because with the how playlists are so important now. Um, yeah. You just need one song to do well, and then people are w way more willing, back to the shorter thing, people are way more willing to listen to maybe a 15-minute thing, so like three or four songs, than 10 songs where they might not, they might only like maybe half of it, if that. Yeah. Um, uh, that's why I think albums are always going to be a thing, but for smaller people the the push i think is going to be more of the singles or the eps because that is much more palatable yeah um but eps are so like local band though like that's a local band thing to do i i think yeah to an extent i think there's ways to that's why i tried jazzing it up and like making it feel more like a record by putting like an intro and outro with like interludes and shit like that makes it feel like it's more of a record even though it's like the length of an ep it's not presented as one i feel like you know a lot of higher uh bigger industry names still do put out eps or a lot of people are calling them playlists now like just uh drake put out a or a mixtape or something. Yeah. Like Drake put out not an album, but a, a, I think it was a mixtape a year or two ago. Aren't mi mixtapes like latched onto hip hop and rap like exclusively? Yeah, but like it's still the same concept where it's yeah. not an album, but it's also not just a few songs. Yeah. 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 And an album is just 
one cohesive piece of music. An EP could be 10 songs, but if they're all over the place, it doesn't have to be cohesive. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, calling it something an EP, like, automatically labels it as something that's not meant to be, like, considered, like, a cohesive unit. Yeah. Rather, this is just, like, here's a sample yeah. of what we do. Here that's are the songs I, that didn't make it on the album. Oftentimes. Yeah, oftentimes. Yeah. Or, um, we were in the studio, and we, these are the best songs that came out. But yeah. not enough for an album. Yeah. Well, hey, I think... uh is there anything else that you guys want to get into? Because probably wrap her up here. Um, Our album comes out December fourth, third, third, third. December third. The fourth is the show. The fourth is our release. December third, twenty twenty one. It will be available, I think, on all major streaming platforms for music. Soon. At midnight. Gomnia Volume One. Uh, From fear to the eyes of. Penis. I can't think of what the two subtitles are. Insula and Hyber. That is love and sleep. Love and sleep. Love and sleep. Love and see. What about social media? <laughs> uh, we, we no one it. knows. No one knows, and they won't know. We we have it used to have a song. Social media. Uh, social media is painted friends. Everything is painted friends. Uh, Paintedfriends.com. Paintedfriends.com. Paintedfriends.com slash nothing. Nothing. You should get some slashes involved. Uh, we have merch too. Uh, at Gamnia. I don't know if you can get to the merch from our website. Maybe we should fix that. I don't know what this we is. Maybe you should fix there it. There is no we. Oh, I forgot. I got to do all the work for yeah, this yeah. to happen. I don't Man, have. And you've been listening to the collapse of Painted Friends. <laughs> Thanks right. for having us. Yeah, whatever, dude.